Well, praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother J.W. Brand, and we are here at God's whole word. Hallelujah. I'm glad once again to be with you on this Tuesday. And uh, I thank God for the beautiful day that we have today. You know, we woke up with a little bit of fog, and I was kind of uh, thrown back a little bit this morning. I look out there and I see fog, and it's like, what in the world? And uh, but uh, it it dissipated after a while. But it certainly turned out to be a beautiful day. So I thank the Lord for the day. Don't you thank the Lord for the day He's given you? Hallelujah! He's worthy to be praised. And uh, so we are here. Uh, you know, this is a podcast. Some people they don't. You know, they don't consider it a podcast. Well, you got your right to be wrong. You can do what you want with that. You can say what you want. Um, But it is. And you say, well, you don't function like other podcasts. We can't even see your ugly face. Well, I get that. You want to see my ugly face? Then you can go to our YouTube ministry. We've got a ministry called uh, The Eunuch Preacher. And you can find that on YouTube. And uh, we... um, have been taping our worship service on the Sabbath on Saturdays, and we've been taping our Wednesday night Bible studies. Now, I am going to be doing something uh, here pretty soon. Uh, Y'all, you got to understand something. Now, when I started all of this, um, and I, you know, as far as the podcast, I, you know, I, I said to myself, I said, well, I don't think I'm going to even bother to go back and listen to anything, you know. I don't sit and tape it and then go sit down and listen to what I said because what I said was what I said and then I'm done. But uh, I remember one time I did go back because my memory had failed me and I couldn't remember uh, what the last podcast was about and I I only knew that I needed to continue on from there. I remembered that I had said that, so I had to go back to see where I left off and and uh, and then I was done with that. But I had never at all, and we've had the the YouTube uh, ministry up, the Eunuch Preacher. We've had uh, that ministry up longer than we have the podcast, and I have never gone back. Uh, to just sit and uh, listen to it just to, you know, see what's going on or whatever, what I said or or whatever, Uh, you know, to kind of get a... You know how some people think... I've heard some people, they say, you know, I don't watch this or that. Like I've heard people say, you know, they've got their own thing going, whatever they got going on. And... uh, and I, I'm only saying this this way because I don't want people to misunderstand me at all. Because I don't look at myself as anybody. Matter of fact, the other day when I went to look and I see, uh, you know, I went to look at the um, podcast because I was trying to uh, see where I had left off. I had to do that with this as well the other day. Because it had been the whole weekend had passed, and I had some things going on, and then I got kind of disengaged, and I thought, well, wait a minute, where was I at? Because I knew I needed to do something, and so I went back and I looked and I found, and I'm, you know, I'm fairly new to all this 
technological stuff and electronics and it just I really have a deal with it but uh, I went back and I looked and I thought oh wow I was all excited because I saw there was three uh, people that had that were followers or subscribers I don't even know how to say it I think that's how you say it and I was all excited about three I mean I was like whoa wow I got three that's wonderful but, um, you know, some people, they probably think, well, that's just stupid. You know, some people got thousands and thousands of people. Well, I'm not here to, I ain't here to do thousands and thousands of nothing. That's not why I'm here. So you might as well get over yourself because that's not what this is about. You know, God is the one that put it in my heart to do this. He's the one that said, this is what you're going to do, and this is what you're going to do, and so on. And so, and and as I said before, you know, I I... I struggled for a while, I did, and I know there's some preachers, you know, that run their mouth. I, I don't know if I even want to call them a preacher, but anyway, uh, they want to run their mouth, and they want to say, well, you know, if you if you really had a call, you'd do this, that, and the other. Well, all I'm going to do is just keep referring you back to Jonah. So, you know, you can sit down and just keep your mouth shut until you know what you're talking about, because maybe you apparently haven't read the story about Jonah, and Jonah didn't want to go do what God told him to do. And I, you know, I had my own struggles. I had my own issues as to what was going on. But finally, you know, you 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 get uh, stuck up in the fish that God puts you in, and everybody, you know, that runs from God, you you're gonna have a fish you are gonna find yourself in. Now, I don't mean a literal fish, but I'm talking about the own your own fish of your life, you know. And I've certainly found the one I was stuck up in. But anyway, um, you know. You learn your lesson. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You finally get around to learning your lesson, and then you say, okay, God. You know, it's kind of like that thing we used to do when as kids. You know, because I had older, uh, well, even uncles that were just a little bit older than me. I'm talking like just three or four years older than me. And, you know, we get out and play and that kind of thing, and they had that thing, uncle. You know, you put, you put your hand back, and you better cry, uncle. You cry, uncle. And, and, and they're going to keep Pressing it until you pressing your arm until you do, even if you're crying, you know, and you're like trying to be tough and all. And you, okay, okay, uncle, uncle, and then they let you alone. Uh, now I'm not saying that God is being mean and cruel or hateful or anything, but sometimes God will do what He needs to do in order to get our attention. Uh, you know, when He's called you to do something, and then you running off the other direction, God's gonna do. He's going to do what he uh, feels that he needs to do, and he certainly has a right to do because he's God. God is God, and he's in charge. He's in control. And uh, you certainly can see that with the story of Nebuchadnezzar. If you ain't never read Daniel chapter 4, you need to go right on ahead and read it because Nebuchadnezzar had to go through some things himself and lose his mind, and God allowed it to be so. Uh, in order to get Nebuchadnezzar to learn that God was in charge. God's in control. And so, so that's the way that goes for me. But anyway, um, you know, we've been uh, going along with this podcast, and I realized the other day that we had come up to our 50th podcast, and I thought, you know, I need to go back and see what the last one was, and I looked that over, and then I saw those three subscribers i was all excited about that you know and i don't know who you are <laughs> i don't know who you are but appreciate you 
watching or listening or what well you can't see me on here but uh, uh, I got my son coming for a visit here pretty soon I'm gonna see if maybe he can change that up and if not then I'm not gonna worry about it but like I said y'all can uh, go to the YouTube and look up uh, the eunuch preacher and the word eunuch is spelled capital E U N U C H and uh, the unit preacher, and, and you can get all that. But what I was going to say was, I, I just don't go around uh, listening to my own preaching. I don't go around watching my own things or whatever. And I had not um, went and, and viewed uh, some of the worship service, you know, to... I guess some people do it to critique whatever's going on or whoever. I guess that might be the editors or whatever. Well, I I got to be my own editor, my spouse, you know, because sometimes, uh, you know, if I realized when I've done something or said something incorrectly, I literally stop everything. I bring it to a halt. Uh, you know, and I've done that with the podcast because, and and y'all don't even know it till just now, but I've actually put a stop to it and I literally stopped the podcast and I start over. And I've done that because I either got distracted or something, and uh, and then I realized that's not what I meant. <laughs> and I know if I said such and such and so and so, somebody's going to twist it and turn it up one side and down the other. And so I will stop it, and then I'll start all over again as if I've just started it brand new. Now that I've done, and I'm you know editing out myself, and then what it does is it leaves that little, I don't know, little oblong box up there, and I'll just say to my spouse, I say, can you remove that off of there, and let's just load up, you know, the the podcast, because it's usually within. I don't know, maybe the first ten, fifteen minutes, and I'm realizing something I said or did that just. Uh, or whenever I get started, and I can't seem to get started. And I don't know if anybody knows what I'm talking about. Maybe you do. Maybe you got a podcast, and you just got it going on, and you just never have no struggles and no problem whatsoever with you doing your podcast. But, you know, when I first got going on this, I was nervous. I felt, um, and, you know, you think that's silly. You know, maybe some people, where you're just looking at your screen there, and you're just talking into that microphone or whatever. But I thought, well, eventually, you know, somebody might hear, and I, I and I became a little um, apprehensive, and uh, it, you know, so I consequently I became a little, uh, I guess you'd say, nervous at first, and so I kind of flubbed up quite a bit whenever I first started because I'd either get tongue tied or I would something or it would just or all of a sudden. I'd turn it on, and my mind, I'd say a couple things, and my mind would go blank. It's like, oh, my goodness. And uh, so, you know, um, it's just been trial and error and all of that. And so when we got to our 50th podcast, and I looked on that, I thought, I want to I do something different about that. So I, I did. I went back and looked what number 49 was, and then I thought, okay, I want to do something different with podcasts 50 and so uh, 
just went through some scriptures that I enjoy, some that are some of my favorite scriptures and all. And so I hope that you're able to uh, to look at that and, and uh, listen to that and enjoy that as, as well as, as I do whenever I give out scriptures that, uh, you know, they mean a lot to me and they, they hold something dear to my heart. And I'm hoping that it was a blessing to you if you're able to listen to that. And, and you know, and I, I get it. I, I mean, I, I look at where the podcast is. Now, I ain't never really sat and talked like this. This is really the first time I've ever sat and just talked like this. But um, I never really noticed until one day I went to try to find it, and then somebody was having to show me because I don't understand all this tech stuff. And they said, well, you got to go here and you got to go there. And, and I was looking around, and I saw it, and I thought, well, that's kind of embedded down in there. I mean, that's how it looks to me, you know. It's kind of embedded down in there, so I don't know if anybody really find it, but... I just, what I do is I just pray and I say, Lord, whoever needs to hear this to encourage them or to, or to pull them straight out of hell, because I got a mind to listen to God because he said, you're going to go preach and you're going to tell them what needs to be said to pull them out of the fire or to encourage someone and so on and so forth. But, you know, God's word is also to help pull people out of the fire of hell so that you don't go there. And so I, I realized that, uh, you know, some things that can be said can just, you know, it, it can fall and just kind of drop like a lead balloon, so to speak, uh, because some people don't want to hear what the Bible actually says about repentance. And so, you know, the thing of it is, this is called God's whole word. And we, we won't put out the whole word. We don't. And, and, and the Lord let me know that there were going to be people on the left and there are going to be people on the right long before I even knew I was going to have a podcast. I thought the Lord was just talking about just the ministry period and me preaching. And uh, I thought I was going to be, uh, you know, maybe the Lord was calling me and I was going to be running from church to church like an evangelist and this and and, and then the Lord began to open up other doors and showing me different things. You're going to walk this way and you're going to go here and you're going to, uh, you know, directing you as you, you know, because I said, Lord, I. I don't know what direction to go in. I mean, you sent me 2,500 miles from the state of Washington and boomeranged me back to the state that I was born in, and here I am, and I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, but I know that you called me here and that I'm supposed to be here. And just one thing led to another. And you know when God begins to open up the door. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like you're thinking, I, I never would have thought of that. And honestly, I didn't. I never, ever considered, thought anything. And the reason is, I don't like technology. I don't like computers. I don't like, I mean, I call a television a one-eyed demon. So, you know, I, I you know, so it's been a, a thing for me and to go on. But I, I wanted to obey the Lord as he opened the doors. I certainly, uh, I had done a lot of running and I said, Lord, I'm through running. And so whatever you got to do, whatever you want to do, that's what I want to do. And so here we are. You say, well, what in the world do you say all that for? Well, I'm going to say this. Uh, in all the trial and errors that I've looked at and, and uh, paid attention, like I said with the podcast, sometimes in the beginning I would tape something after a little bit, shut it off, and then I'd just delete that. I learned how to get some of it deleted so I could start all over again. And I remember one time when I first got started, I think I deleted the same podcast. I started it over like three or four times because I kept getting nervous and I, and then finally, I just said, I thought, I need to pray. <laughs> you know, I 
talked to y'all about praying and everything and, and taking everything to God in prayer and everything. And I thought, now what in the world? I need to just stop right now and pull my chair back and just talk to the Lord. And so, you know, so that's what I had to do. And, uh, and so, I, I, you know, consequently, I certainly got to do that before we go to the Word. I, I can't, I just can't even get in the Word of God without God's direction. And so I certainly got to go to God in prayer before we get in the Word. But um, I said all that. And, uh, you know, I had a family member say to me one time uh, after I boomeranged back here to Texas. And they said, you know, you got the, uh, the my family on my mom's side the maiden name is a certain name and uh and she said you got that family way of explaining things <laughs> she said could you explain <laughs> and uh she said you go the long way around she goes and every one of us in the family were like that everybody got that way about him and so that's uh, you know it made me kind of feel good i thought well okay i guess i you know i used to think because i hadn't been around a lot of my family members for so many years you know many many years and uh and i of course i didn't much lose the accent i think i relaxed a lot better once i got back here but but i tried to get rid of that accent and i uh you know all the years i was gone from here and i'd do my best because when i was a kid and we moved from texas to california i was horribly teased i mean i would get just plummeted over my my way I said certain words with that Texas accent and everything and I just let it go and I was trying to talk like the Californians and then we moved to Washington went there and so I did my best to try to uh, eradicate that out of my my mouth but no matter what I did I don't care what it was I remember one time I went to the store and, and somebody said, where are you from? And it just kind of jarred me because it throws you back, you know. And um, I said, well, I'm from here. And they said, no, that's not what I mean. <laughs> they said, where are you originally from? And so I told them, well, you know, I boomerang back here, come to the state of Texas. And you know, people say the same thing to me here. And I'm here in the state of Texas. They said, where in the world are you from? And I said, well, I'm from here originally. And they said, well, you sound a little different than some even some people around here and i said well i said i was around uh some folks when i was raised here you know for the first 10 years of my life around a lot of people from louisiana a lot of people from just different areas and uh, around a lot of them and probably picked up on some of that but you know i i tried to eradicate that tone or that uh, what they call it um, accent, I guess what they call it. And uh, but when I got back home, when I came back to Texas, I said, you know what? This has exhausted me all these years to try to be something. I, I'm just not that way. So I've just relaxed and just, you know, got myself to where I just talked the way I talked. And if nobody don't like it, well, too bad, so sad. Uh, anyway, thank God for His wonderful grace. So anyway. Like I said, I'm going the family way around, the long way around, saying all of that to say this. I've spent almost 20 minutes laying down this thing here. But um, I'm going to uh, take a, probably a majority, a very large majority of our messages that are done on the Sabbath on the eunuch preacher. 
Now, not the win, not 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 a large portion of the Wednesday nights, but I'm going to take a lot of the ones that have been done on the Sabbath. I'm going to be uh, probably just I don't know what the tech term is, but I'm going to wipe them out. And I asked uh, the person that does all that. I said, "Can you eliminate a lot of these?" Uh, and then we're going to start over with some of them. And and uh, he said, "Well, why you want to do that?" And I said, "Because." I said the other day I went and I was listening to one of them because I was trying to remember something that I had said uh, because I was trying to figure if I had actually ended that message saying that I was going to continue in that lesson. And I couldn't remember if I had said it or not. Now, I know some of you, you're thinking, well, you should remember that. Well, you know, um, I will say this. I in the last probably couple of years, three years or so, uh, I, I had a lot of health issues a few years back, and it's affected my memory. And so I'm, I'm doing the best that I can with what I got. So I'm just going with that. Um, but anyway, and sometimes my memory is better than others and all that. But every once in a while, you know, I'm like me, I'm sitting here at my desk here in the podcast room, and I've got notes here and there. If you go to my refrigerator, and I think a lot of people got this, you know, you got notes up on your refrigerator to remind you of things. I've got notes that are on top of notes uh, to remind me of this and that. I, you know, and it's not that my house is a big old mess with you know a bunch of stuff everywhere, but it's just um, you know I have to do that in order to remind myself of certain things. Or if there's something that the Lord has put on my heart to teach or whatever, and I run and I've got lots of notepads and different things, and I will go and make a note of what I need to study because if I'm having to go on to something else, like I've got to go run to the store, I've got to go to the bank, or I've got to uh, make dinner or do something, whatever it is I'm doing, uh, I may not at that moment be ready to sit down and get all that lesson together because I take a long time to study. I don't, I don't come to... Uh, any of my studies or anything like that and just kind of haphazardly uh, do it you know I, I've done that before now I'm not saying that I didn't I have way in the past and I learned a lesson that's not a good idea <laughs> that's just not a good idea you you're gonna have to put the time in you know what I'm saying if, if you go if you're gonna feed the people if you're going to be a shepherd, you're going to feed the people, you got to put your time in. And if you don't put your time in, well, people just can't be fed. And so you got to make sure that you put your time in studying, and, and that's what God wants. God, God don't want you to give some half-hearted job of feeding the sheep. And so, and I take my job seriously. You say, well, you know, you, you only got three dollars on your podcast. You thank all that and bag of chips. I don't think I ain't nothing. I didn't say nothing about that. As a matter of fact, I make that real clear. I don't think I ain't anything. I mean, I just, I'm just doing what God says to do. And if you want to listen, you do. And if you don't, I, it, it don't make no never mind to me. Because, because I'm just going to be obedient to God and you can like it or lump it. Uh, I, like I said to my kids, I used to say to them, I said, you know, you can get glad the same way you got mad. Just like that. And, uh, you know, and I mean that. And so uh, it don't make no never mind to me. I don't, I, you know, I'm, I'm here to do God's work. And if there's anybody that's listening and they get encouraged or they're blessed or maybe you just get mad or all get out, well, then I really know I'm done a good job if you get really mad. 
You say, what in the world? Are you crazy? No. If, if, I, if I have said something in the Word of God that, I, that is flat out there, I'm not going to tell you something in the Word of God because I believe that God has given us everything for life and godliness, and that's why we call this God's whole Word because we're going to put it all out there. And the Lord let me know a long time ago. He said, you're going to have him angry with you on the left, on the right, in the middle, far right, far left, every direction. They're all going to be upset with you. And then I realized after the Lord began to, you know, talk to me like that, he started talking to me that way about, I'd say probably good, a uh, little less than 20 years ago, and really began to shape my life and, and went from one direction to the next to the next. And now here we are where we are. And it just really started to dawn on me. All of the things that I went through as a kid, all of the horrible, horrible struggles that I had to go through and all of the abuse and all of the uh, just different things that I went through, you know, suicide and all this, these things, um, struggling with different things and, uh, and all of that. And, and I, I, it finally clicked. You know, sometimes it takes a long time uh, for us to understand uh, the whole picture that what God wants to do. You can't expect God to lay the whole picture out to you because if he showed you everything that you're going to go through and what you're going to have to deal with to get where he wants you to go, you would run the other direction and just say, I don't have nothing to do with that. And uh, so I'm grateful that the Lord gives it, you know, step by step, piece by piece. And, and you know, if you've ever done, I don't know if y'all's ever done the, like those big old puzzles, you know, 500 piece puzzle, 1,000 piece puzzle, and you lay all that stuff out. I mean, it can be daunting. It can really be uh, something, you know, and you begin little by little. And, you know, when you start with those edges, that's how I do and you start with those edges, and then you begin to fill in, and and uh, you're really looking at the intricate detail of all the little pieces because certain colors may uh, bring you to an understanding that piece fits over here because this color is so similar, or the shape. You're looking at the shapes, and you say that fits in there perfectly, or no, that looked like it fit, but it didn't fit. You see what I'm saying? And so um, the same with this, what I'm telling you. I'm going to go through there and I'm going to delete some of those uh, Sabbath services. The reason why? I listen to the singing and the worship. And I'm going to tell you what. When, when I heard the singing, it was like, oh my word, that sounds so horrible. I, and I never noticed I ne because I don't go listen to it. I just, we tape it. Uh, you know, we sing, we worship, we're worshiping the Lord with all of our heart, and uh, uh, and then the preaching, we do the preaching, we, we you know, and the Brother Vernon come and and, uh, and and gives a prayer request and all of that, and we're doing our best to, to grow with what, you know, limited amount of things that we can do where we live until the Lord moves us on where we can have a, a ministry to grow even further and all of that. So we do the best we can, and you, you know, and, and you got to understand, some people don't, they're not going to want to be on the camera. You're going to have to understand that. Uh, and I got, I'm not even going to go into that right now. But the, but the bottom line is that, uh, you know, I, I'm here to be a minister that God wants us to be. Uh, I'm here to do a thing. But when I listen to that singing, I thought to myself the other day, I was listening, I thought, 
this sounds awful. It sounds absolutely horrible. And I thought, nobody gonna want to be here in this nasty mess. It sounds terrible. And you know, the Bible said, you know, that we do all, all things. You know, you gotta do your, whatever you're doing, do it diligently under the Lord and, and, and skillfully. Well, we showing up don't sound skillfully. I'll tell you that right now, it sounds terrible. And so I, I thought, well, I really don't want to have to delete the message too, but if so be. But that don't mean that don't mean that we're not going to be taping any more of the unit uh, preacher because that's that's just the name of it. Um, it. But it's a ministry that our worship services that we have and all that kind of thing. Um, but you know there will come a time when we'll be able to build that archive back up. But I asked Brother Vernon, I said, now, is there any way that we can just delete some of these? I said, because just, you know, we start the worship service with um, uh, the, the eunuch preacher with our prayer time. We actually have a prayer meeting before church service. and We invite everybody in online to come in and be a part of that. And, and, and we just we begin praying like as if we're in a prayer room somewhere just we just dis disengage and we just go to the lord and we're just completely lost in him that's how uh, that that we want to be and we just we want to invite the presence of god in and and we are very pentecostal very apostolic and so we worship the way that we do and uh, but when i begin to listen to the singing because then it goes into you know where we start singing and having a, our our songs for worship, you know, because there's certain songs that we try to start with in the beginning, and then we have prayer, and then we go into some worship songs. But it just, I'm sorry, folks, but, <laughs> and you know what, some of you probably just really nice, and I never turned on the, you know, any of the comments to be made for the podcast or the unit preacher, and I know that upsets some folks. I know some people, they make comments directly to me that have listened that know the podcast or whatever at that you know um but in any event uh i know there's some folks that want to make comments that are just hateful and mean and so that was the reason why i started that way where i was not going to allow people to uh, make comments in the beginning because i thought you know it's just gonna you know if i if I get tempted to go and look at their comments, I really don't like using that word tempted, but if I get tempted to go and, and look at their comments, I might become really upset because some people are so mean and hateful. But then I thought, you know, I don't have to listen to their comments. I don't have to read their comments. I don't have to do any of that. And I thought, well, the easy way, easier way to do this is just not, you know, when I found out, my son said, you know, you don't have to allow people to be able to make comments, and so that's how we set it up. But when my son comes this next, uh, he's supposed to be here in a, about a week and a half, I'm going to see if he can open up the comment area for both the podcast and for the eunuch preacher, and then people can just go to town and, you know, if you want to say nice things, that's really, I would really enjoy that. But I know there's going to be a lot of folks that are going to be mean. And the reason is because I've got a mind, uh, to be obedient to God and do what he said to do and to preach what he said to preach and to say what he said to say. And I know that that will upset people. And the reason I know that is because I've pastored two different churches over the last 
20 years or so, and uh, I'm not pastoring the church right now. This is just a ministry that we have, but in any event, uh, pastoring those part of this ministry. But, um, you know, I had people that would come up to me right after I got done preaching and would just land blast me. I mean, right there at the pulpit and telling me up one side and down the other. Uh, just madder than a hornet. I mean, just really angry. And um, and I've had that repeatedly, you know, because people, they don't like hearing what God's Word says. And when you get somebody that's willing to, you know, open their mouth and say what God has said, it it really makes some people uncomfortable. They don't like it. And, you know, and I'm not trying to be mean or hateful. I did not, you know, this podcast, the, the Eunuch Preacher Ministries, you know, having our Bible studies, because Wednesday night Bible studies are, uh, we look at it this way, uh, those messages that, that are preached on the Sabbath services are to reach the lost. Because we believe in reaching, uh, reaching them, reaching out, however it is that God makes a way. And so thank the Lord that he's made a way for us to be able to reach people through the YouTube and through the podcast. And then from there, we reach and then we preach. And so I believe in the Sabbath service that God gives me messages to, to preach Jesus Christ and the fact that people need to be saved. They need to repent and they need to turn away from their sin and, and go towards God and be saved. And then uh, after that, then of course, the, after reaching, preaching, then there's teaching. And we do that on Wednesday nights and try to uh, give people a rounded um, bit of the word, uh, studying everything that we can possibly study in order for people to grow in the Lord. And that, that too, is what the podcast is about. Because I, I encourage people to go to the podcast and listen to as an added um, you know, thing to study in the Word of God and all that. Because we get into the Word of God on this podcast. This is the most I have ever talked on this podcast. I don't normally do this. I just don't. Because I want to get in the Word and I want to uh, do all of those things. But I just felt like I, I needed to say that because... I've, I've encouraged people from the podcast as well to go look at the eunuch preacher. And then when I get into the worship service, I will at one point, I will say to somebody uh, or say out there in, in, I call it YouTube land. Uh, I don't know if y'all call it YouTube land because I don't know all the tech you know, language and everything. So I just call it YouTube land. But I say to those folks out in YouTube land, I encourage them to go to the podcast and look at God's whole word and 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 have it as an added bonus. I don't mean bonuses in my I'm great or anything. I don't mean that at all. That's not what I mean. Because look, I ain't the greatest teacher. I'm certainly not the greatest preacher. I, I'm just here to do God's work. And I don't claim to be anybody. I'm just saying, I'm just here to do what God's called me to do until my time is finished with whatever he wants me to do. And uh, that that's how I see it. And, and so, uh, because honestly, I mean, you got to find the, the minister or the teacher or the preacher that's going to encourage you the best, that's going to help you the best, that's going to help you to grow in the Lord the best, that's going to, you know, and that's not going to pussyfoot around you with Jesus. That's not going to play around with you, you know, with the Word of God and telling you like it is. But at the same time, to have compassion for all people, because the Bible says in Isaiah 56 that God has made the house of prayer for, it's to be a house of prayer for everybody. And so I want everybody to feel comfortable, but I don't mince no words and I tell it like it is. But I certainly don't want people to, to think that they cannot have a place to go, that they can't have a place to worship, that they can't have a place for God's love to be shared with them. And so... 
the doors open to everybody, you know, and, and, and I, I have slowly but surely started talking about some of those things that I know is going to make people on the far right and the right period uh, a little bit squeamish and uncomfortable because of some of the things that I've been saying. And, uh, you know, because I don't shy away from the fact that at one point I was part of the gay agenda. Um, I know sometimes when I, I noticed when I listened to the tape the other day, when I say things like that, I say it kind of fast. And I guess maybe it's something inside of me, a little apprehensive about people hearing that. But I'm going to say it a little slower. I was part of the gay agenda at one point in my life. And God has called me to... Uh, literally understand that I, you know, understand who the eunuch is in the scripture, and that's who I am and where I am, as well as Brother Vernon, and and just uh, learning to please God, learning to serve God, and repent and turn from anything. You know, the Lord called us to come out from among them and be separate. Uh, we were a part of what was called the Metropolitan Community Churches, where Brother Vernon and I met. And, of course, uh, relationship in adopting children, had a relationship, became legally married, and um, adopted some children. We did foster care and all that, and we had a very large family, and still do. And, um, you know, but in hindsight, you know, as God began to take us and pull us away from those, he said, look, I want you to come out from among them and be separate. He said, I want you. And, and the Lord literally said, you know, told us we had to leave uh, the Metropolitan Community Church, we had to come out from among there, and we had to begin to, and God has sent us on a journey, and I'm, I, and, and this has been many years, you know, God has been doing a work in our life, and uh, it's been many years, and God has done a wonderful thing, and I, and certainly over a period of time, uh, through pastoring a couple of churches, we were able to uh, see people filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. Uh, I was, I had the privilege to baptize uh, people, even my my own mother, I was able to baptize my own mother, and I was excited about that, baptizing her in Jesus' name before she passed on, and uh, watching her come back to the Lord because she was a backslider for many years, and you know, so God has done a wonderful work, and I'm I'm excited about what God is still continuing to do, and so I, I didn't mean to burden y'all down with all of that talk. Uh, I know that a lot of people they're used to that kind of thing when they go clicking on a podcast because. That's what people do, and then you know, and then you got people you're going to interview and all that kind of thing. And I haven't got to that place yet, and certainly I think when you get to that place, people, well, I think that people like to watch people as they're sitting there talking, and because you want to see people's face, you want to see their. When I say that, I mean you want to see like their facial expressions. You know, when you're talking about things. Or even reading the body language and that kind of thing, because you know, you you if if you are around people long enough, you can certainly sometimes see by the look on their face, like okay, what's up with that person because of the look on their face, or maybe the way that their body language is beginning to shift, and it's like they're either really uncomfortable or they become comfortable with what you're saying or whatever the case may be. And so a lot of times, I think that people, that's why they go so far into the podcast and they. They get involved with those things, and they and they actually see people. And this probably has become frustrating to people that they can't see my face during the podcast. But, you know, like I said, uh, and certainly doing it this way where you can't see my face, it was not done on purpose. I honestly, I'm telling you right now, I because I have a fear of lying. 
God said all liars are going to have their part in the lake of fire, and I absolutely believe that. And so, uh, and we're going to talk about some things, um, you know, here pretty soon. Uh, we, we've been uh, on a quest of looking at what God's Word says about God's love, and we went through so much uh, in-depthness in over that. And then we've been talking about things that God hates. And, um, and we've kind of gotten locked into this one thing about pride. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I want people to have a full plate. I want y'all to have a smorgasbord. You know what a smorgasbord is or a smorgabob? I don't know if they call them smorgabobs here anymore. But anyway, smorgy or all-you-can-eat buffet. I think that's used to. They called them smorgy or smorgabob or smorgaboard, something like that. Smorgaborg, I think that's how they said. Uh, but I think now they've changed it up, and now they call them, they just call them all-you-can-eat buffets is what they call them. Well, that's what we wanted, God's whole word, and that's what we're hoping through the ministry of the eunuch preacher as well on the YouTube channel. But, you know, with all that said, I, I do want to say this because I was very... Uh, apprehensive about going too quick into those things about my past and the reason is i'm going to tell you why because i have found that a lot of times when people did not know where i came from they did not know that i came from the gay agenda they did not know that that my life was centered around so much of that uh, you know i've been i've been in a gay bar i've been at drag shows and all that i don't do that now no, I want to make that perfectly clear. I want y'all to understand. I believe in holiness and I believe in separation from the world. But you know what? I found out this, that when you don't tell people that right off the bat, they're right alongside you. They really do stand alongside you and they and and you'd be talking about the word of God and boy they're right there with you and you're talking about the holiness of God and they're right there with you and you're talking about the love of God and all the things that God uh, is requiring us to do to serve him and deliver him and don't tell me God don't do that because I know better because I've studied the word of God I know that's not true God absolutely has requirements and you can find that especially you look at Micah chapter 6 and verse 8 it's going to tell you there's requirements and you can go through all the word of God many times over and see the things that God is saying to us uh, if you're going to serve me then it's this way if you're going to serve me it's that way and God gives these directions for us uh, to listen to and I found that as I begin to um, uh, just uh, converse in that manner and talking in that manner and letting people know look I'm a, I, I <coughs> you know sometimes people will push and push about what do you do for a living? Well, I finally say, you know, you sometimes you say, well, I'm, you know, I work with people. But if they keep pressing, and then you say, well, I'm a minister, and then they keep pressing. Well, what does that mean? Because you know, they can be ministers of all, uh, you know, a minister of education or minister, you know, because you use that term in so many different ways. And then I finally have to say, no, I'm a minister of the gospel, uh, pastor, teacher, so on and so forth of the Word of God. And as long as you keep kept, as long as I found that as long as I kept it, it down that road, it, people, you know, where I stand, and I, I say this because I, Brother Vernon and I and those part of this ministry, we stand in a very conservative place that a lot of people don't want to stand. 
but the bottom line is if you're going to serve the lord you're going to serve you're going to serve him in a conservative manner you're not going to sit there and be uh you know allowing yourself just uh to turn every direction do whatever you want to do the bible don't teach that but as long as you stood as long as i myself and brother vernon and, and so on uh we're standing in those directions and the minute i mean the very second that somebody find i've seen it time and again the very second that i finally get to a place to where i'm i feel like i've kind of gone far enough where i need to tell them something because of something that maybe come up in the conversation or something like that you know because when people start saying to me uh hateful things about people uh that you know that are part of the the gay agenda and are part of, we don't we don't need to be hateful you say well they're hateful well i get that and i understand that and i do talk about that and i and i i try to uh express those uh, things to to people in the gay world uh, because there is a gay world there's a gay world and there's a gay agenda and i use the word gay but i mean i can't remember all of those letters and i'm not going to try my memory don't want to do that and i'm not going to do it so but in any event uh you know they've got to have a place to where they understand look the lord does expect every single person to repent God expects us to turn to him, to turn to his word, and to live in obedience to what he says in his word. But that being obedient to God and living for him and serving him in his word, in no place do you find where you can, you know, at all turn and be just mean and hateful because this person here may belong to this particular group or that particular no the lord said to love your enemies so we've got to do that and so you say well do you look at those uh with what you call has the gay agenda the gay um world or whatever uh, are they your enemy i look at anyone who stands against what god says and the truth of his word as an enemy but what did the lord say about our enemy he said you've got to love your enemy and so uh, the lord let me know he said you know he said i brought you out of there for a reason he said but i need you to go there and reach them i need you to talk to them and then god sent me all the way back to where i was born and i swore i'd never come back to texas i'm not kidding people heard me and when they heard that i was moving back here it just stunned some people because for years and years and years i swore i'd never come back here and i meant every single word of it that i said but when god gets a hold of you and god literally by miraculous means and i'm not kidding uh, by miraculous means the lord drew me back and uh, so here i am but god said you know you're going to go he said and i allowed you um some of the you know honestly i know some people don't understand that sometimes god will allow you that how shall you say or how shall i say that extended mercy and extended grace and extended long suffering <clears throat> one to understand how deep and dirty and filthy that the pig pen can be the further you get away from God and how horrible that things can get in the pig pen 
And the Bible talks about that with the prodigal son, in which I was very much so. Uh, he, he can extend that mercy and he can extend that, uh, for lack of a better way of putting it, that rope of grace and mercy and long-suffering and patience. Because, you know, I, sometimes I, I, when I'm talking to the Lord and I say to the Lord, I say, Lord, why? Why were you so merciful? And why were you so patient? And Because I just am in awe that he didn't just let me be wiped out a few times. And there were some times that I thought that it was going to happen. But, you know, we serve a good God. And the Lord said this, too, to me, because I was really, I really struggled for a long time when I come back to the Lord and the Lord I figured the Lord was not going to allow me to be preaching or teaching or anything because I had backslid and I just fell so deep into sin and uh, and just rebelled against God and all of this. And I, and certainly when the Lord brought me back, I never, I just figured I was just going to serve the Lord and that was that. And uh, But the Lord said, no. He said, I called you and you're going to go. He said, I want you to go preach and teach what I said in the first place to you. And so that's what I have to do. Of course, with, with the way that it is now, God has given me a very um, precise direction. You know, and God is not going to give you right off the bat when God calls you. He doesn't give you a lot of times all the detail and all the exactness of it. Oh, no, no, no. Mm -mm. You just know that you have to do certain things and you just keep plugging away at that. Now, unfortunately, in my uh, quest to do that, I got my eye on the wrong thing. I allowed myself, because of struggles and different things, and allowed myself to just uh, fall. And, uh, but when God's mercy reaches, and I'm going to tell you, He's so... <laughs> God is so merciful. He is so good and so kind. Uh, it just astounds me. It blows me absolutely away. Uh, but when he reaches for you and he calls you, um, you got to let God be God. And I remember saying to the Lord, I said, Lord, nobody's going to listen. Lord, there's people that they, they, they know where I came from. They're not going to listen. They don't want to hear. And, and, and then, Lord, if I do tell them where I came from, because like I said to you before, the minute that somebody found out that I had come from that way, I noticed an absolute change in their behavior towards me. Absolute change. Because, and I'm not just talking about Christians, but I'm talking about people in the world. They would show respect to me as a minister until they found that out. And once they found out that that was where I come from, they started cursing around me before they wouldn't curse around me. Well, why the change? You don't hear me going around cursing because God cleaned my mouth up. And, 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 and they wouldn't behave in a certain manner. I mean, they wouldn't say certain words. They wouldn't have certain conversations or anything. And then once they found out that that's where I had come from, everything changed and they just get as ungodly as if I was sitting in a bar with them. And it's like, what is up with this? And sometimes I would even say to them, uh, could you not talk like that in my home? I mean, I'd have to get to I said, look, this house is, you know, 
I, I gave this house to the Lord. The Lord gave this house to me, and I gave it to him. I said, we don't talk like that here. We don't have those kind of, we don't say those kind of words, and we don't have those kind of conversations. Could you please stop? And, uh, you know, and then people get kind of, <laughs> you know, they get an attitude. But, but you know, you got to stand your, your word. You know, it's, this, you know, if I'm in their house, that's their business, what they want to do. But you're going to be up in my house? You're going to be in my car? Oh, no, no, no. Uh-uh. We're going to go down the holy road. That's what we're going to do. We're going to live holy, and that's how it's going to go. But I found that people would just be so, all of a sudden, just so blatantly disrespectful once they found that part out. So I was very apprehensive about talking about those things. Even that part of my life as a, you know, thing. Because, you know, we don't go to the gay bars no more. We don't, we don't go to drag shows. We don't, we, you know, we don't do those things. And we don't follow those agendas and looking at those things. But people, uh, they've got a, a, another way and another mindset. Uh, when they hear that that's where you came from, they look as if that you are still the scourge of the earth or that there is no boundary of holiness with you at all. And, I, and I've said to the Lord several times, I said, Lord, I'm not, I'm not, I just don't know how to handle how, why this happens because it has happened several times. And because of that, I sometimes I just don't go down that road with some people and I don't tell them because then they're going to turn around and they're just so disrespectful and they're just... Um, you know, I don't mean mean. They could just be like, they feel like, oh, I can let my guard down now because they they were part of that. So I can sit here and I can do all these things they weren't doing before. They'll start cursing and using foul words. I don't mean cursing me out. I mean just feeling free to use the F word and all this when they weren't doing it before because they felt uncomfortable because I they found out I was a minister. And then they just stopped and they were respectful. But, you know, I, I, I will... Sometimes I will have pressed through and said, look, could you please not talk like that around me? I said, I don't talk like that. I said, we don't, I don't use those words. I said, we don't talk like that. And then they, some of them will kind of stop and they'll take a seat back. But some of them just get upset with me and go on because they figure, well, you're just as dirty as I am and you're just as ugly as I am. You know, because they will not look and see your repentant heart or where you're walking or where you're serving God or anything of that sort now I I will grant this you know some will like um, maybe interpret things a certain way you know uh, uh, and that kind of thing so but it's certainly misinterpreted and certainly twisted uh, and, and, and I say that along the lines more so with those that claim to be Christian. And, and you know, I've, I've had to, uh, it seems like almost I've had to kind of um, just really, really struggle with any of my family members whatsoever here in Texas of even having anything to do with me. And uh, especially those who are living a life of holiness and separation because my family uh they you know a lot of them have come from pentecostal holiness and and that kind of thing which i am very much a part of um but they will not see uh myself or brother burn or any anyone else that they said look we don't we don't 
believe in the gay agenda that's pushed. We don't believe in this and that and the other and that kind of thing and that God has called us to do what he's called us to do. And it, and it's been a real, real struggle. As a matter of fact, I've got relatives that uh, to this day, I had one relative I ran into the other day. Um, Brother Vernon and I, we decided to go out to dinner after our worship service and we went out to eat and the restaurant was pretty full and um, where we usually sat was not available and so we sat in the back, toward the back, and I noticed that there was a uh, person, and to a couple people actually. I don't want to get into the details because I don't want that person to get upset because I don't have permission to talk about them specifically. But um, in any event, uh, a couple people come in, and I, I didn't really notice them at first, and they literally sat, I believe that God put it together, sat right smack behind us in the booth right next behind us. And I happened to, you know, notice after a little bit, I recognized the voice, but I couldn't place where the voice was that I, I had recognized, you know. And uh, <clears throat> and then it dawned on me, that's my cousin. And that's all I'm gonna say. I've got lots and lots and lots of cousins. I really do. I've got a big family. So, uh, so with that said, I'm not giving nothing really away, except for those couple people that know what happened. Um, but anyway, and I got to talk, I turned around and I said to the person, I, and they didn't recognize me because we hadn't seen each other in like probably pushing 30 years, but I'd recognized their voice. One thing led to another. Now, I'm older now, i got gray hair, and I, I look different. I don't, a lot of people, you know, they look at the YouTube channel, you know, our, our, the YouTube preacher, and they think that I, some people say, well, you don't look like you got much gray hair. Well, I, the camera looks deceiving, because I saw that the other day when I was looking and I listened to that music, the singing that we do, and I thought, this sounds terrible. I'm going to, I'm going to, and so what, I, I did want to say this, when we load up some new um, worship services with the unit preacher, we are going to have our singing and our uh, a lot of that part of the worship before the tape is turned on, uh, simply because um, the music sounded so awful. Because our recording, you know, we don't have like big fancy cameras and uh, all that kind of thing. And so we're doing the best with what we got right now. And of course, hopefully in time, we'll be able to get something better and, and all that. And the sound will be better and, and that kind of thing. But that's still not going to change my voice. That's still not, because I, I am not a singer by no means, but I just love to sing. But when I began to listen to my voice, I thought, oh my word, that sounds horrible. And uh, I thought, you know, I'm getting on my nerves listening to my own singing. So I'm sure that if I'm getting on my own nerves listening to my singing, I'm probably getting on somebody else's nerves. And so I think that we're going to limit that and turn the camera on at a different portion of the um, worship service. Um, you know, we may be able to turn it on like when we're singing maybe one song right before worship, uh, before the uh, preaching of the message. Because I do want to get the message out because... And I, I'm not saying that because I, I don't mean that I'm any great preacher or anything. I don't mean that. But the Word of God is still the Word of God. The Word of God is powerful. And, and, and it can affect people. You read the Word of God. It's a seed that goes into people's hearts. 
and and you're able to reach people and i want people to know that we're there and that we really want people to know whoever you are including people uh you know that may be like me you you know maybe you 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 you're you know got your own struggles and you got your own things you deal with and that kind of thing and that there are people out there that yes they love you and and god is helping them to get through and god can help you to get on through and be there to encourage and help people because we certainly want to do that and i i've said some things that i know uh that some people uh they're going to begin to uh, understand some more about us and who we are and what god wants to do with this ministry um <clears throat> but anyway um uh, we're going to change that up. I, I didn't want you to know that. But, you know, um, I've seen where Christians, uh, people that have found out that are Christians, when they find out that this is where we came from, that we were a part of the gay agenda, we've repented, we've come out from that agenda, and we, uh, you know, we serve the Lord where we are. And I, you know, and I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I don't know what to do with what is here and who I am and what is going on and how uh, you've just turned me completely around uh, with my life. But that doesn't mean uh, that I'm going to be, uh, you know, because some people say, oh, well, that means you said you're uh, you're just a straight person live, looking for a wife. No, I never said that. That is not what I said. Don't twist my words and don't put words in my mouth. But I said to God, I said, Lord, why do you want to call me? Why do you want to use me? Why do you want me to say anything? I mean, I see all of this crazy agenda that's come about. And, and I see all of this stuff with transgenderism. And I see all of this, uh, just a thrust, a very violent thrust with those that are part of the LBTG or whatever it is. I, I don't know the letters. Um, and, and I look at this and I see this and, I, and, and God is pushing me in, in, to go in certain directions with preaching uh, certain words and getting the direction of his spirit and the word of God out there so that people understand, look, there's people out there that are pushing a major agenda and there's a lot of them that have just literally turned this culture upside down and is absolutely making a mess of things but at the same time there are people that god is trying to reach that would probably uh, also be called of god to come out from among them and begin to move towards serving god and move towards holiness and separation from the world and beginning to reach people as god calls them because god is going to use whoever uh wherever and however that's what god is going to do and, and and even in the book of corinthians you find that the church the corinthian church by the apostle paul's mouth he uh, begin to talk and, and say, you know, God, he's going to use the base things. And when you look at word of, it means things that people, they despise. People that they despise. And I know, I know that people have despised me many a time. Because I, I remember when I finally made my way back to the house of God and, and I had went down the altar. Matter of fact, uh, my former pastor had seen me up in the balcony because I, I was 
I was just up there. I was just there to worship God. I wasn't there for any other reason. I just wanted to serve the Lord and 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 just uh, go about my business. And um, and he saw me up there and he called out to some brothers. I had my hands up and I was praying and said, "Could you bring Brother John down to the front here?" And uh, laid hands on me, prayed over me, and all that kind of thing. But do you know there were people there that literally had told other people, and you know when you say certain things. Don't you think for one second it's not going to get back around? Because it sure will. It sure will. And uh, there were people that said they were not going to pray for me. They just were not going to pray for me. And these are Christians. And uh, and these are people that are supposed to be spirit-filled Christians and all that. And they said, nope, I'm not going to. And, and, and some of the ones that were around there praying, and they said, but why would you do that? And they said, well, because we know where he came from, so... He can't very well have come back to the Lord. The Lord doesn't, is not going to do that. Because they took certain verses and they misinterpreted them, uh, thinking that, you know, people like myself or, or others similar to me or whatever could not possibly come to the Lord and say, look, here I am, Lord. I don't know what you want to do with me, but here I am. I'm here to repent. I'm here to walk with you. Just take my life. Because, you know, when you're in the pig pen and you realize you're in the pig pen and you realize what a mess that you've made up your life and that you, you know, what happens with Christians that they can't be loving and caring and and, and show that um, even with praying with people down at the altar. I mean, my goodness. What is it that causes people to be so backward in the Word of God and misinterpreting scripture that they wouldn't even pray with somebody at the altar. I, I've never understood that. But what God did call me to do when I found out, and I knew exactly who one particular person was, that I was astounded it was that person for different reasons. And I'm not going to, I don't want to go into that detail because I forgave the person and that's how I'm going to leave it. Um, because the Lord let me to know that I had to forgive. No matter what, I had to forgive. And, and we all have to go down that road of forgiveness with someone. And certainly, um, God needed me to extend that um, to the person. Even though the person um, felt the way they did, and that's the way that they left it. I still had my responsibility to forgive because this is what Jesus says to do. And you you got to walk down that road. You've got to love people and you got to forgive them and you got to and you got to show true forgiveness. It, we y'all, do you know there's a, there's a difference between real forgiveness and fake forgiveness? Come on now. You know it's the truth. There's some people that they say they forgive people, but they really don't because I'm going to tell you what, when the rubber meets the road, it's not real forgiveness. And you can tell by the way they treat those people, by the way they talk about those people, that they truly have not forgiven them. But listen, folks, there's just because somebody has maybe interpreted the scripture and wrongly so many times, and, and, and expressing themselves wrongly, again, I will say, a lot of times. Because, you know, I remember hearing a preacher one time, not too long ago. Matter of fact, it was probably, oh, maybe about six months ago. Because the person, their preaching, like, went viral. Because of what they said over the pulpit. And they were 
very hateful towards people that were part of the gay um, world or whatever you want to call it. And they said, you know, they picked the pulpit up and just began to slam it up and down and yelling, those people are not coming in here. Now, I understood, I have to say this, I do understand where it was that he was coming from as far as not wanting the agenda and all of that to come um, waltzing in the church and weaving its way in. Because I've said to people, in no uncertain terms that are part of this ministry, I said, I'm not going to put up with it either. I said, I'm not gonna, I said, but we don't want to be hateful. We don't want to be mean. We want people to understand that the Lord is there to reach them and to love them. Uh, you know, but I'm not going to have people waltzing in here and giving an agenda either. I'm not putting up with that. Because God's word is God's word, and you got to be uh, true to God's word. So we're not. I'm, I told him. I said we're not doing that. I said no. No, nobody coming up in here saying, "Oh, we gonna uh, just because I I want the door to be open to all people." That don't mean I'm gonna be flying a gay flag up in front of my church. Oh, well, not my church. Excuse me, but I mean, you know, any place of worship that God calls us to to pastor or minister or whatever. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. We ain't going down that road. Because people are going to have to understand there's an agenda behind some of these things. Now, I did not have an agenda going down the altar to repent. But on the flip side of things, some people misinterpreted certain scriptures that gave them the idea that anybody who uh, was gay or, or part of the gay agenda or whatever that there's no way that God could ever do anything with them. There's people that actually believe that. They really do. And, um, and, and what that does is it closes the door for you to be able to allow people to, to even bother coming in and, and, and going down the altar and repenting and getting saved. And so that's the sad part of it. But, but at the same time, God is going to put things in front of of myself or anybody like me and where I've come from and what I've dealt with and what I've struggled with and uh, and going to say to me on my side of the thing of the issue you're going to have to forgive and then you have to forgive because he said if you don't forgive he said your daddy in heaven not going to forgive you either your father in heaven ain't going to forgive you if you do not forgive then your father in heaven not going to forgive you want to be a child of the Lord you want to be called a child of the living God you're going to have to forgive. And, and we have to do that. But at the same time, that don't mean that, uh, you know, people should be um, feeling like that because somebody is offering the altar of repentance to you, that that means that you're going to come in and you're going to start running your agenda through the church. You see, and and I and I think that you know a lot of people they got that that fear of that that you know that it 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 will be that way. And I will say this: I'm not saying that it wouldn't be that way with some people, because I've made it very clear. I believe emphatically, emphatically, that God He gave me in no uncertain terms some very specific things concerning this ministry that we have because we believe in both inward and outward holiness and i and god just would not let that go 
with me at all, at all, not at all. And so I had mentioned to uh, uh, someone not long ago, I've mentioned it more than once, and I said, you know, I said, I, I got into a discussion with the Lord, and I said, Lord, you know, if it wasn't that, you know, these, these outward standards of holiness um, being there, it probably would um, allow for a bigger thrust of people coming in. And then the Lord said, that is right. However, what's the quality of those people? And it kind of jarred me, you know, because I thought, well, wait a minute, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does the Lord mean? And then the Lord kept bringing me scripture after scripture. Because see, our heart, where's our heart? Where is your heart? The quality, what the Lord meant was, is this person truly here to serve me or not? Is this person truly here to serve me and worship me or not? And then I knew I could not let go of those standards. And I could not, you know, you can't argue with God. I mean, people, I, you know, people will do it. They're going to do that. And you got, you got people that, you know, when you say to them, look, this is where we stand and we don't bend on this. Some people get upset. I've had people get upset. I remember when we pastored church in um, California before we moved to Washington. And we had started that ministry. And there was one particular sister. And I happened to mention to these two sisters that were there. And I, and I was kind of gently beginning to talk to them about holiness and separation from the world as well not just inward holiness, but outward holiness. As long as I kept it on the road of just talking about inward holiness, everything was fine. But once it got the conversation got to a point where I started talking about outward holiness, that I have plenty of Bible on, whether some of you people don't like it or not, there's still Bible on it. When I got to that point of talking about outward holiness, everything changed in the conversation. And I remember the one sister because she had a haircut like a man. And I said to her, I said, sister, and I showed her scriptures in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I said, you know, the Bible talks about the women having a covering. And I said, and, and uh, you know, longer hair for women. I said, that's what we teach around here. And she got very upset with me. And uh, she proceeded to say to me in no uncertain terms <laughs> and stormed off that she was never, that's what she said, she said she was never going to do that. And do you know she left our church, she actually left before the service started, walked out, didn't come back, uh, and then happened to uh, be searching something out and uh, on the internet and I was looking because that that particular person I'll just say this um, had been part of two families that were married into one another and I had known that person prior to 
them coming to our church. Um, but in any event, later on, I was I was looking something up and I was trying to find something out about these other people on the other side of that family, and that and that person uh, saw something pop up. I don't know if y'all experienced that with a computer. Like I said, I don't I don't understand how all this works. But anyway, and uh, that person had actually um, went back to Pentecostal church and they had let their hair grow out and they had their hair up and looked very pretty and feminine and the whole bit. And it was that person. And they had swore they would never do that. And so I don't know if my conversation with them, um, if it was that they didn't want that to be a part of the ministry that we were working on um or if you know for whatever reason i don't i'll never understand that i don't understand because they you know they said they would never get to that place to where outward holiness that they were going to go down that road and and not have that haircut that looked like a man and when i say a haircut that looked like a man i mean uh i'm talking about it was like a flat top you know like somebody in the army and um, and so, and this is where God was working on me because God was showing me different things. You know, you need to apply certain guidelines and teachings. And I, I struggled with some of it myself as the Lord began to show me those things that needed to be held on to. Because I had known them. I had known of the way of holiness, inward and outward holiness, uh, for a long time myself uh, prior to that. Um, but you know what I'll say this when you backslide um, all bets are off on a lot of things and when you backslide you you're you know you're blinded by the enemy and your your mind will go in all kinds of directions and you will go do things that you said you would never do and I you know some people say well I would never do this and I would never that you know this that's just pride talking because the devil is going to hear you. And I can tell you one thing or another uh, how many times I've seen where people have talked like that and then it just flipped completely around. And then they were doing things that they swore they would never do. And I don't mean good things. I mean, you know, where, like for myself, I mean, I, I said I was never going to drink. I, I I just was not I, I I had not drank all my life and and I just said no and then when I backslid I mean I literally would find myself in a drunken stupor and I swore I would never drink and 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 and, and being hung over and throwing up and I mean and then I thought this is so stupid it it doesn't make any sense why why people think this is a good thing and, uh, you know, I swore I'd never go to a bar. Well, I did. You know? Uh, and just, I could go on and on. Um, but when people find that portion out of your life, and so I made up my mind, and even whenever I preach in the eunuch preacher and I've talked to you on the podcast, I've gotten very blunt and to the point about some things, about my past. Because what I don't want is I do not want people saying, Oh! Oh, this is that holiness preacher. Oh, well, listen to this story or listen. No, I'm going to tell you the story myself. Why Why wait for somebody else to bring it news on to you? I'm going to do it myself. Why, why not? 
<coughs> I might as well. And so I'm going to tell you, I've said before on the eunuch preacher, and I think I've said it here on the podcast, I was a whore. I was a horrible uh, a person. I mean, when I say whore, I mean a whore. I mean, it, 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 how is you going to put it? And some of you, I'm not being mean and I'm not being hateful, but maybe it is that you're listening and you're a whore too. And you, you may not think of yourself as a whore. Well, I'm, you know, I got my girlfriend and we, uh, you know, we got our relationship and we have sex. And maybe once in a while I might meet somebody else and uh, I just don't tell her, blah, blah, blah. No, you're a whore. And I got plenty of Bible to prove that you're a whore. You're whoring around and you, but I can say for me, it was not some little simple thing. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, you know, I mean... I mean, there's places I didn't cross. You know, there's certain things I, I I didn't cross certain lines or whatever and that kind of thing. Uh, but, you know, when I say whore, I'm talking about, you know, where some people, they don't see themselves that way. They will get on the uh, their phones and they will get on their computers and they will look people up so they can have sex with somebody and, and they go and do it and they don't think nothing of it. And then they, they're, you know, they, they might meet a, the person at their house or whatever. And, uh, and then when it's over, it's like you never see them again. And then you, and you don't even think about the fact that you're a whore. That you, you're just a flat out whore. You're just meeting, you're meeting people. You don't even have any relationship with them. You, you're having sex with strangers and that kind of thing. No, you're, you're a whore. You're, 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 you know, and, and, and people don't like hearing that because it's like, well, I'm just, I don't see sex the way you see it. Well, what do you mean the way I see it? It's not how I see it because what I say don't matter. Well, how I see something don't matter. It's, well, how does God see it? You know, you got you to gotta go back to the book. You got to go back to the one book that leads and guides us in everything in our lives. And if the Bible says we a hoe, we a hoe. You understand what I'm saying? If the Bible calls us a hoe, then we a hoe. And you can either accept that and repent, because you're going to have to repent. Because if you were a whore, or you still are, you have to repent. Because there ain't no whore going to heaven. And when I say whore, you can be a male whore or female whore. Male whore is actually called a whoremonger, according to Scripture. Actually, and there's also another word that's used for a male whore, which is called dog. So, if you're a dog, if you're a male whore, a male whore, a whoremonger, then you're going to hell if you don't repent. And you're going to burn. You're going to die and you're going to go to hell if you don't repent. Now, will God allow you to repent? Yes, but apparently some people in some Christian churches don't think so. And I, like I said, I experienced that and. um and it was hurtful because I really was there to repent. I really was there to turn around. And I really was, and, and I, I couldn't turn myself around. I don't want people misunderstanding. It took the power of the Holy Ghost to turn me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It took the power of the Holy Ghost to turn me around. And if I can allow God to help turn me around, even under all of that, under all of that pressure, you know, I, I went, like I said, I went to 
one time not long after, you know, even knowing that some people felt the way they did at the church, I still kept going, and and uh, they had a church picnic, and I went, and nobody spoke to me. I mean, for like a long time, nobody would eat anything that I brought. Uh, and we're talking, there were like over a thousand people there at the park. I'm not kidding. That's not an exaggeration. It was a very large church. And that was a small portion of the people. But you would think, uh, and, and, and you say, well, nobody knew you. Oh, no, a lot of people knew who I was. But they kept their distance. And the reason why they knew is because I had preached in that church many times, you know, before I fell. And so people did know. But because of that, they said, well, you were a preacher and then you fell into that sin, so you can't possibly have repented. And they'll pull up certain verses that they misinterpret. And it, it's just devastating to have to deal with that. But listen, if I can go through that and then go to a picnic where people are not talking to me. I finally had one couple that called me over to sit down and, and talk with them. Um, but there were other issues that, that led me away from even fellowshipping with them after a bit. I, um, you know, because they finally, they were talking to me, really nice people, you know, and uh, they invited me to come over for dinner, so I went over for dinner. And when the man, when the when the husband's, when the when the wife's husband went to the bathroom at one point while we were waiting for the dinner to finish, she whispered to me and said, "You know, sometimes I I still struggle with uh, being attracted to women." Now this was his wife, and and she whispered it because she didn't want him to know. And I didn't know how to deal with that. I didn't know I was. I had just come back to the church, and I, you know, and God hadn't called me to this ministry yet, and all of this kind of thing. I, I, so I was like flabbergasted, and I didn't know how to 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 deal with that. I didn't know what to do um, because I wasn't ready, you know. God, and you say, well, what do you mean? Well, because God, when He calls you, He has to prepare you. You know, look at Moses. I mean, God called Moses. Many, many years before he came to take the children of Israel out. Now, I ain't no Moses. Please don't misinterpret what I just said. But I'm just saying, you know, when you're talking about the call of God on your life, Moses was called, you know, long before he actually uh, went about to, to, to take the children out of Israel to be used as, as uh, the person that God appointed to do so. Um you know, and he even had to leave, and he left, and he was gone for a very, very long time, and then he come back, and uh, you know, and that's kind of what happened to me. You know, um, and I'm not likening myself under Moses. Please don't interpret that that way. I'm just saying sometimes things mirror things, other people's situations as well, and I and I see that, and it just uh, it helped me actually. Whenever I saw it in the scripture, I thought, okay, then it helps me to to kind of. No, I wasn't the only one. It's like I can look at somebody in the Bible that went through the same thing. And so it kind of helps give you some peace and comfort and uh, to know that, uh, you know. And, and Moses, you know, he didn't do a right thing. I mean, he killed somebody uh, before he left, before he ran off. But, of course, he was trying to protect somebody else. Now, I didn't go trying to kill anybody to protect anybody. I don't mean that. Um, you know, and there were certain things that I was not involved with. Uh, like, I didn't get up and do a drag show. But that doesn't make me less guilty because I sit there and watch them. You say, well, what's wrong with that? I ain't getting into that today because we're already almost an hour and a half. But we'll talk about that another time. 
But uh, this world and this agenda uh, that has hit this earth, and I believe emphatically that it has. This agenda that's hit this earth, I know that there are a lot of people on the other side, on the left, that say, oh, this is not, uh, you know, this this whole drag thing with the library and the kids and all that kind of thing. Don't you think for one second that's not a, an agenda? Don't think for one second that there's not a manipulation behind that. That is not true. It's not true. It absolutely is uh, an agenda that's behind it. And, and, and to say, oh, well, we're no different than... Uh, you know somebody else dressing up and doing whatever okay because i i remember reading one article where it was talking about miss doubtfire mrs doubtfire and whatever well this is a man dressed up with a woman okay well let's look at that for a moment okay first of all god says not to do that he says that men and women shouldn't dress the same and it says that in deuteronomy 22 5 and i teach that in the ministry that i that i pastor that men and women don't dress the same and i don't care if you come from uh, you know, the gay world or whatever you want to say, whatever, uh, from that point. One, you have to repent of that agenda. And number two, you've got to align with whatever God is saying. And I know that there's a lot of people that claim to be Christian, and they get even angry with this kind of talk. They don't want to hear about Deuteronomy 22.5, and they'll say, oh, that's under the law. No, it's not. It is part of God's law per se, just like Thou shalt love the Norton thy neighbor as thyself. That's also part of God's law. But it is not if you look uh, under the Levitical Mosaic law per se. Not the Levitical law. Not uh, per se as the law of Moses. No, that's not it at all. And see, and people misinterpret that because they don't look at the detail of the words. Because the detail of the words, everything's in the detail. And it flat out tells you it's an abomination unto God. This is not something that's just, you know, God says, okay, this is an abomination unto the Jews, but, and you, you can find verses like that. But this is an abomination unto God. And that, when you look at those words up, that's talking about something that God hates. Okay? Just like, uh, when you look at Leviticus 18, and it's talking about a man shall not lie with a man as he does with mankind. There's something very specific about that verse that must be obeyed. And uh, you, you can't say, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I don't want to hear this because I'm a part of, of the gay agenda, or I don't want to hear this because I'm a, a, a lesbian, or I'm a transgender, or whatever you're going to say, whatever it is that you're going to call uh, yourself to be now i used to call myself gay i used to say i was gay uh and god rebuked me over that and he showed me in the scripture as to why and so and i'm uh writing a book and i'm going to be putting those things that god has showed me in the scripture in there now i know that that is probably really going to irritate people it's going to anger people i i know that uh is nine probably 99.999 chance of happening that people are going to be really upset and i don't mean just a few but in any event i have to obey the lord and so i'm allowing god to guide me and lead me in what he's called me to do and then that's just the way that it's going to have to be you say well don't you fear for your life why would i if if, if i say okay i would love to live as long as i can on this earth that's true 
I do want to do that. I want to be able to be here on the earth as long as I possibly can to do the work that God has called me to do. Now, at one time I committed suicide, and I say I committed it because I literally my heart stopped and, and God brought me back to life But um, while I was in the emergency room. And so from that point on, God has just given me many, many more years to live than I never thought I would have because I wanted to die that day. Um, but, you know, when you, when you look at the Scripture and you see exactly what it's saying and, and you're looking at it from this point, there is a God and God loves us and God has his, our best interest, which is his interest at heart. So I'm going to say this. The Bible says that God gives us life and that more abundantly. He certainly wants us to have an abundant life. He wants to give us life. And, and even in the word of God, he says, choose life. And so certainly I want to live as long as God will allow me on this earth. But I do know that, you know, some things anger people, especially in this day and age where we are at and how angry people get turned around with all of these things that are going on with the, the LB, TG or GGT. I don't, I'm, I, I'm not kidding. I don't have the mem. I know it starts with an L. I know there's a G in there. I know there's a B in the T. I don't have them all done and I'm not kidding. I just don't know. And, and, and I'm not, you know, I don't feel moved to try to get it all. Maybe God will have me understand them a little bit better in the by and by but not to 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 say oh okay well we're just going to take that agenda and just apply it right here to this ministry no we're not oh no we're not and and i will go so far as to tell people if you have certain bumper stickers on your car your car needs to repent get those bumper stickers off your car and i'm not kidding you won't be a part of this ministry we are not going down that road Okay, because there are certain bumper stickers that reflect um, certain ideologies of this world that have to do with what I call the gay agenda, that has to do with that L LTBG group, and all of that, that people put on their cars. Well, if you're going to be a part of this ministry, I don't want you driving around in that car with that on your bumper sticker, uh, on your bumper, with that bumper sticker, and, and then you go around inviting people uh, to worship service. Uh-uh. No. If you want to be a part of that, you can't be a part of this. That's how I see it. And I mean what I say. I'm not playing games. Because when the Lord said to come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, God means what he says. And, you know, so... If you got some bumper sticker on your car that says pride with that black thing on, I'm going to say to you, you want to be a part of you. If you repented, I'm going to say you better figure out a way to get that off of your car. Because I don't want that car parked in front of where my ministry is on a regular basis. Now, if somebody came to the house of God and they're just here to worship and they're, you know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people want to be a part of this. You won't be a part. Uh, you won't be saved. Now, I'm not saying we're the only church that's saved, but I'm telling you what, not every church is saved. And, and I can show you up one side and down the other in the Scripture. There's a lot of churches, whole entire churches going straight to hell 
because they will not repent. And they've actually latched onto this agenda and will not let it go. They've actually let it infiltrate. I'm not letting that happen. Not as long as I'm alive. And see, and that's the other thing. I want to live as long as I can, but I do know that especially with once I get to the place where the book can be published, I mean, I'm not saying this is a curse word. I say this in the manner that it's intended, but all hell will break loose. And I know that's going to come. The Lord has made it very clear to me. And so God has had to prepare me for those things that are going to come. And, you know, it could be that one of these days uh, my time will be up. So be it. But what I do know is when I leave my body, when my spirit leaves my body, I know that when I'm standing before the Lord, I'm not going to have to fear him. Now, I fear him in, I, in that I respect him. I am in awe of him and I fear him in that the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But when I say fear, I'm talking about like fear because I wasn't right with him. Because some people, they're going to be standing before God and they're going to think they're right with him and they're going straight to hell. And they're not going to know it until they get there. But if you would listen to preachers and if you don't want to listen to me, I get it. Okay? Because I even got on my own self's nerves when I started listening to the singing the other day. It's like, oh, that sounds so awful. I, I, was, I was literally getting on my own nerves. It's like, and, and all we were doing was just singing. And I remember, I remember the moments of singing and worship and praise. And they're very real and very honest and very, you know, we're not playing games. But it's just the sound was terrible. It was just awful. And, and so I want to remove those things off of there and start fresh and so that's what we're going to do with the unit preacher we'll we'll be loading up uh probably after a lot of the singing is over so that we don't bombard you poor people with some horrible sound until we can get a better maybe quality camera and then we can invite people into our uh prayer meeting before church which is what that really is uh going on and then in the singing and being able to be a part of it i was just hoping to be able to share that with y'all because a lot of people um well, there's a, I'm going to say this because I know it's true. And I hate to tell you how it is that I know, but I'm going to tell you the truth because I'm not a preacher that's going to hide behind a bunch of stuff. There ain't no point in that. You need to tell people the truth so that they can know, look, if, if he can come to God and, and get right with God and come back to the Lord, then maybe there's hope for me. And that's the reason why I get so... Um, open with what I say so I'm gonna say it this way when I had backslid and I thought well I'm gonna because of my same-sex attraction I'm gonna go to the gay bar and I went and you know you're you're there and you know and then I get out there and I felt kind of weird getting out there dancing because I was just used to dancing in church to the Lord and felt kind of um, uncomfortable. And then it, you know, at one point I finally just went and sat down because I was feeling really uncomfortable. And, and then, but after a while it's like, okay, well this is the way it is and 
I'm going to hell, so I might as well just get up and dance or whatever, or talk to people or whatever, because I've been made clear that I'm going to hell, so I'm going to hell. That's how I, I looked, and you know, because I, I didn't see any way around the you know the different things that I was dealing with and the struggles and and all of that, and I thought. I don't even know what way to turn. You know, because I actually, and I think I said this to some, on one of these podcasts, it's not like I didn't go for counseling. But my story is that when I went, I went to a Pentecostal preacher, pastor, that was actually, now I'm not saying the pastor of the Pentecostal church I went to for a long time i'm saying it was a pentecostal church it was the same uh, type of church apostolic pentecostal um i went there i started going there because i i was married at one time and my wife and i had separated we were not divorced yet but we were separated and uh, and see, and I, I I tell all these things, and some people say, "Oh, you can't you can't be a minister, and you're you're divorced." And they say, "Listen, I went through all that with God, and I you know I'm right there with you, but it's like God will not let me go." And He said, "You're going to go, and you're going to do these are the things I want you to do, and these are the things you want." I'm not arguing with Him anymore. So if you want to argue on my behalf, I'm just telling you it ain't going to work out too well because God will not let me out. And I don't want to be out anymore of what he's calling me to do. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm not. So I'm going to do what God wants me to do. But anyway, so my wife at the time, we are divorced now, but my wife at the time, we were separated, and I wanted to be in church, but we just, her and I were not able to um, be together at the time. And so, uh, and we've been separated for quite a while, and, but I felt uncomfortable being at the same church Yes, we were separated. Yes, we were going to church, but I felt uncomfortable. I didn't want people coming up, asking me a bunch of questions and all of that. And But I wanted to be in the house of God. So I went on and I went to another church and I was there. And uh, and, and I have been dealing with this all my life. I mean, I've been dealing with same-sex attraction all my life. Um, but, you know, I, I was to that place that I just, I needed a, to kind of be to myself where people weren't like coming up and bombarding me well when are you you and your wife getting back together and this that and the other night or people trying to play cupid and all that i didn't want to go down that road but i wanted to be in the house of god so i went and i uh started going to this one church and i've been there for a while i got involved with the choir and all that kind of thing got to know uh the minister and his wife the pastor and his wife and and all that and um just uh just felt myself really beginning to be able to uh, kind of grow in the Lord. And then I finally got to the place where I thought, you know, since my wife and I are separated, I need to deal with this, and I'm going to go talk to um, the pastor and explain to them my struggles. And uh, I went to do that. And so, um, I don't know if I've said this on here. I think I have. But every time that I come to a place where I'm talking about it, 
it does kind of get to me. It bothers me. And I have certainly repented of the whole thing. But I went to this pastor, honestly, to seek help. Because I, I thought, well, you know, I felt comfortable enough to be able to talk to, to him. I've known him and his wife. And, and then in the course of that, that pastor, um, there, there's no other way to put it. There's no other way to say it, but that the pastor um, was making advances at me and just kind of doing everything that they could to kind of pull us together. And there came a point when, when I fell into sin with that pastor. When I honestly went there for help. And uh, the pastor eventually left his wife and he left the church and all of that. Well, a lot of people found out about that many years later. And of course, that's what led some people to not... Um, wanting to pray with me down at the altar. But they didn't know that I had went there for help. They didn't know that. And so I, you know, you know how stories get spent. They spin a certain way. And um, Anyway, so because of all of these things and all of these places where, and I was just, Study the Word of God for so long and, and 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 feeling that call in my life. God called me when I was 16 years old when He, after He baptized me with the Holy Ghost. But of course, I didn't know that it would only take all these many years before God would uh, be able to, you know, because God, if you're going to backslide, God can't use you while you're backslidden. I mean, when you backslide, I mean, what can God do with that? You, you you can't be used to 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 minister to others. You can't be used to uh, for His purpose and His glory and honor. Because if you're backslidden, you're not going to give no honor to Him. Your your backslidden state's going to keep you from that. And you say, well, why are you saying all that? Because when I left and I went to the bar, like I said, there were few people from the church there. And I was shocked to see them, and they were shocked to see me. And so I know that there's people out there that struggle. And 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 one of them, one particular one, I didn't expect to see at all. But I know there's people that have struggled with all of these things, and and uh, even you know to the point. I mean, part of my part of my suicidal situation when I was 14 I was almost 15 when I attempted suicide it, it was over being called a, a faggot and a, you know I didn't really know what it meant this was in the 70s and called a faggot and a queer and and I didn't know why I didn't know why other than maybe some of my demeanor uh, or something like that I don't know um, you know because I don't see myself as like somebody that walks around, you know, like walking around like a woman or, and when I say that, I don't say that derogatorily or anything towards a woman, but I mean, I'm talking like feminine or anything, but then sometimes, like if I've seen a certain picture or even a video of something, you know, 
where I'm talking with people or something, and then I'll think, uh, I, I'm going to change this demeanor about me or, or whatever, picking up on something that might look maybe less manly than what I want to project as a man of God and, and serving the Lord. And so, um, anyway, I just felt like getting on here today and talking. Uh, I know that we haven't got back into um, the lesson where we were. We, we uh, ended at one particular uh, place where we're talking about pride, the things that God hates, and we're uh, in that place where we've just kind of camped out talking about uh, the seven things that God hates in Proverbs chapter 6. Um, and uh, 16, verses 16 through 19, I believe it is. And the proud look, a proud look. That's one of the, that's the first thing that God says he hates. So we've been talking about that. And, uh, and there was a point, like I said, last uh, Friday, I believe it was, was our 50th podcast. And so I just kind of went through the Word of God and found, um, you know, verses that I have just helped me through so much. You know, the Word of God, it will help you to get through. I'm not kidding, because if it wasn't for God, and it wasn't for His Word comforting me in the Spirit of the Lord, I wouldn't even be sitting here talking. And I know that's true. And so I thank God for His mercy. I thank God for His kindness. I thank him for putting my spirit back in my body when I attempted suicide. I just thank him for so much because he's been so good to me. And I don't deserve, I really don't, I don't deserve any of the goodness of God. But I am certainly very humble, humbled at his kindness to me and, and his mercy, his long-suffering. I, I just... You know, after having nine kids, as we did, you know, through the foster system and adopting and that, I thought to myself, ooh, wow, as much long-suffering and patience as I had to have with nine kids and so many teenagers in the house and all the things that we dealt with, uh, I thought, I can't imagine the Lord having billions upon billions of people that he deals with, uh, you know, on a daily basis and their behaviors and attitudes and all that. And so I just... I'm in awe of God because he's, he's awesome. He's an awesome God. And, um, you know, one of the things that I was saying a while ago and I was talking, I'm going to finish this up here in a minute. I was talking about how the Lord had just really um, impressed upon me and drove it into me never to let go of outward holiness. And I know that bothers a lot of people. But... I don't know that when I was talking, I may have trailed off into talking about something else if I finished exactly what I was saying. But after a while, I kind of came to this place where I understood why the Lord just would not let it go. It's because so much of this agenda that's coming to the world, they're trying to infiltrate so many churches and ministries and this kind of thing, trying to force people uh, into accepting certain things. And uh, I, I can't do that. And I won't. Um, and I think it's the Lord, maybe one of the Lord's ways of um, 
how should you say, kind of um, weeding out people because some people, uh, <clears throat> like the one sister that I told you that had been in the ministry when, that we had started in California uh, years ago after Brother Vernon and I, the Lord told Brother Vernon and I to come out from the Metropolitan, uh, Metropolitan Community Church. The Lord said, come out from there and, and repent and, and start walking towards the direction that he wanted to go. And I, I didn't know what the Lord wanted, but I knew that the Lord kept telling me, I don't want you to build a gay church. And I thought, what, am, what does the Lord want? <laughs> I didn't know what the Lord was going to do. And I, I said, okay, I won't. But what do you want? And, you know, and the Lord, like I said, he doesn't give you all the information all at once. You know, that kind of thing. But anyway, here we are. And so I, I know that the Lord, uh, you know, he, he did not want me, especially when he started pressing that upon me and said, look, this is my word, and I want you to teach this as well. And so I have, and I've seen the effects of it. Now, <clears throat> like I said, that person rebelled against it, and yet they turned around and went and joined a church that had the same standards and, and followed in obedience. And I'm grateful that they found their place and what they were going to do. That's a wonderful thing. But then when we moved up to Washington, and I began to uh, we started to work there, and I began to teach those things. And, and so, um, you know, after a while, you've got, you know, our church, we don't look like everybody else. And when we go out uh, as far as, like, out and about, like if we had a, a day where we went to the park or something like that, we did look different than other people because we had those holiness standards and uh, of separation between the man and the woman and just as all. But I certainly didn't see all that's coming to the world today with all of this and and uh, how this plays into why God says what he says. God says what he says because there's a reason. God doesn't leave anything out. He gives us everything that we need. And he, he don't have to sit there and explain to us all the things that he sees coming down the pike. But we've got to learn to obey him and what he says, whether we like it or not. And uh, so, you know, and I had less of a resistance of people learning uh, the holiness standards there. Uh, but I did have outside sources that didn't like it and people making comments and and different things and, and that kind of thing. But, you know, I, I made up my mind that I've got to be obedient to what God says, and I'm going to do that. And I also have got to be obedient to reach uh, as many of those of you that are willing to serve the Lord with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. And we're up here in the Houston area. We're in a suburb of Houston, but we got a mind to do a work here and reach as many people. And, you know, like I said, God didn't want me to build no gay church, but certainly everybody's invited. Everybody, the Lord wants it to be a house of prayer for all people. You know, if you deal with uh, same-sex attraction, we understand. I, I get that. But we cannot follow the gay agenda. We've got to to repent of that and walk the way that God has called us to serve Him and realize you are in the Scripture. If you are somebody that's, you know, I, I don't know how else to say it, but, you know, you, you feel like you're different sexually than other people. Well, the Bible's talking about the eunuch, and the eunuch certainly was a sexually different of that day. And uh, it, it's a... Uh, you know, it was a different world for them. 
but uh, but there's certain things about that word that helps us to understand fully that uh, there's other people that can fit right there with that word um, without uh, the removal, the literal removal of sex organs, which a lot of people think that's what constitutes a, a, a eunuch at all times, and that's not true. Uh, that is absolutely not true. Uh, but in any event, and uh, there's plenty, plenty of um, word to find and and all of that studies and and different things. And I'm talking about the word of God. I stick with the word of God. There's no point in you going anywhere else. Why why go and pull some of the book up and tell me what this book said or what this author said or what did that offer? Who cares what they said? All I want is the word of God. What does God's word say? And let's leave it at that. I don't care what everybody else say. It don't make any difference. If God says something, then you listen to it and you obey it. Because if you don't, you're going to have to deal with him. You're going to have to meet him. And if you didn't obey him, he's coming back after those that were obedient, that would listen and repent and obey. And so that's where we are. So without anything left to say, I want to leave y'all with um, a word from the Lord. And we'll get back into uh, our podcast talking about the things that God hates and, and looking at pride because we're still not done uh, with uh, pride, the issue of pride, because we certainly got to keep uh, that going. But um, I was going to, I wanted to uh, go to the Word of God for a minute, and I want to read uh, Psalm uh, chapter 1. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Verse 3, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That's a strong tree with deep roots. That bringeth forth his fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither. You're not going to be a tree that's just going to die and you're going to have fruit bear born off of that tree. Whatsoever he doth shall prosper. God's going to bless you. And then verse 4 says, The ungodly are not so. Those that don't want to listen to God. The ungodly mean those that are not going to listen to God's word. You don't want to have God in your life. He said the ungodly are not so. You're not going to have yourself in a position of prosperity in the manner that God is calling it. Now, some people, they look at that word prosperity and they think that means getting rich or whatever. And then they'll say, oh no, I know this atheist over here and he's driving a Rolls Royce. And that's not what it's talking about. And see, that's because you got your mind and your thoughts stuck in the wrong direction of what prosperity means in God's eyes and what, what he's saying. The spiritual blessings that come, uh, you know, with living life. I mean, it, you know, think about this like this, you know, as, as I lived my life before, and I was such a whore, you know, um, just, you know, finding, uh, and I don't know how else to say this. I'm just going to be really blunt because I want people to understand, look, I'm not here to play games with God. I'm here to tell you, look, this is where I was, and this is what God has done. And so that's how I'm saying this, and that's why I'm saying it. And I certainly want to keep this podcast in a holy manner and all those things, certainly. But, but you know, the Bible talks about certain things, too. So I'm going to be real blunt with you. So, you know, the Bible talks about how, you know, he'll talk about the promiscuous ways of Israel and all that kind of thing. 
And and so so it is with with I. You know, I would go looking for men to to be with sexually, and uh, never seen them, never met them, until then, never see them again. And uh, you know, that was a whore that I was. And you know, you can't keep living that way. And if you're a woman and you're living like that, and you're just looking for people to, you know, uh, to be intimate with. And, uh, and you ain't got a mind to repent, well, you're a whore. And God wants every whore, every whoremonger, every male whore, every female whore, he wants them to repent. we got to repent. All right, so, you know, but the ungodly are not so. And they, you know, people that don't live for the Lord, they don't understand what God's word means when it's talking about either blessings or prosperity. I mean, because the Bible tells us that, what is the thing about life? What is it that we see? What's well, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life? That's what the world is all about. And so they're going to look at prosperity, uh, prosperity in the wrong manner. And that is where it's really sad when you see so many people uh, that claim to be Christian, and they're going after these very same things. And you got preachers that... You know, they go buying $300,000 sports cars, and they don't think nothing of it. You know, they don't realize you're falling in the same trap as the world. You know, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. So the ungodly are not so, it says in verse 4 of chapter 1 of the book of Psalm, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Now the chaff, this is like when they would harvest the wheat, and you, you're going to get all kinds of things up in there. But when they throw that winnowing fan, they put this, it in there. And you can see it being done the old-time way, even to this day when you go to Israel. And there's a place there where people are still using the old ways of farming. And they take those winnowing fans and, you know, throw it out. You know, they put a lot of the wheat out in there and, and toss it up. And then the wheat falls to the ground and the chaff is blown in the wind. And, and it says the ungodly, that's what they're like. They're just going to be blown in the wind and blown away. I mean, you're not going to have no solid foundation to be on. You're just going to be blown away. And uh, that's those who will not stand on God, will not walk with the Lord. It says, but the ungodly are not so, which the wind driveth away. In verse 5, therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. You're not going to be able to stand before God. You are going to literally be put in the presence of God, but you're not going to be able to stand before Him. There's going to be a whole different position for you that refuse to, to repent and to turn from your sin because those who have repented of their sins, they are able to stand before the Lord when they meet Him, uh, certainly accompanied... Uh, with the Lord by our side. We can't do anything without Jesus. Now, it says, Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. That, you know, when, when you look at this also, there's another spiritual application. It's people that are the ungodly and the sinners, they can't even stand to be around holiness people. They can't stand to be in church. They can't stand. They can't stand to hear the word of God. They can't stand some, to hear a preacher say, look, you better repent of your sins. You're going to die and go to hell. This is the reason why that they can't, 
they can't be in the congregation of the righteous because it drives them nuts. They don't like that. So that's the reason why that I know one of the reasons why God has said to me in no uncertain terms, do not let go of neither of these things. Don't let go of inward holiness and don't let go of outward holiness. Because there's a lot of folks, oh, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll kind of work out this thing with inward holiness. But I tell you what, you tell them what the Word of God says about outward holiness. Woo-wee! You got people that will run away from the house of God. Oh, God didn't say that. Yes, he did. Even Jesus talked about it. The inside of the cup and the outside of the cup. How many of you are going to take a cup that's filthy dirty on the outside and it's just shiny clean on the inside and you still going to sit there and drink a cup of coffee out of it? Come on, you know you're not. If it's got mud and dirt and all kinds of nasty stuff all over the outside of the cup and you're going to stick your lips up to it, you know full well you're not. You know you're not. And so, verse 6, which is the last verse, and then I'm going to shut this podcast off for today. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Look, we don't have to wonder. A lot of folk they say, "Why you why serve the Lord?" Because you you know you don't even you don't even know where you're going. Oh, I know where I'm going. Where I'm going is wherever the Lord is. And see, I don't have to worry about <clears throat> you know what does that look like? What does that mean? What does that mean for me? What does that mean for me personally? What does that mean? don't have to worry about that because i know the lord knows the way of the righteous i know he's going to and as long as i'm with him everything's all right and so when i pass from this life you know because some people they'll, they'll argue about going to heaven they'll argue about when i'm talking about people that claim to be christian and all this look i don't i don't have to worry about that i don't have to worry that whether or not when I leave my body, I'm going straight to heaven, or whether I'm going, I don't believe in, in uh, <coughs> what is the Catholics they call that? They call it uh, purgatory. Now, I know there ain't no such thing in the Bible. That's a bold-faced lie. But in any event, uh, so if you in a church that believes in purgatory, you better run from that church because they're not telling you the truth. You better get out of there. But uh, there ain't no purgatory. Where somebody can come along and pray you out of purgatory after so long. Uh-uh. No. If you're going to hell, you're going to be in hell and you're going to stay in hell. That's what's going to happen. And so this ministry and all that God has called us to do, we, we're just trying to do our part. I'm not saying we are the church or anything like that. I don't mean that. But I know we are one of them. We are part of the body of Christ. Now, when I say church, I'm not talking about the legalities of church you know because there's so many legalities you know because we have uh, our ministry is uh, you can see it on the youtube and our podcast everything is done out of our home uh, at this point and so certainly there's limitations with that because of the legalities of uh, you know church and that kind of thing so in order to uh, actually uh, go from having a ministry to building a church it would have to be uh, under the legalities of the state of texas and the legalities of the city of houston and all that kind of yada yada and I'm willing for the Lord to, to allow me to just, you know, take whatever time where I'm supposed to be until he moves us forward to what he wants us to do and all of that. And I'm perfectly fine with that, whatever God wants to do. God's going to work it out. But the thing of it is that wherever God is, that's where I want to be. 
And so the Lord knows where the righteous is. Why, why do I have to worry about it? As long as I'm serving the Lord, as long as I'm obeying him, as long as I'm following his word and listening to what he say. Because, see, this is what he said about the eunuch, which I am, and I know that I am. And as well, Brother Vernon, he come to understand that too. But, you know, in Isaiah 56, God says, those eunuchs, those who are sexually different, listen, you got to do what those that are sexually different, you have to do what the Lord says that pleases him. Do the things that please him. You're going to have preachers out there that's going to tell you that's not true. That's one of the reasons why God told us, well, there's many other reasons, as to why God said to Brother Vernon and I, he said, you need to come out from that metropolitan community church because that is not a, it is not a God-ordained church. They can sit there and say all they want they, that they are, but they're not. There's a lot of things that literally flat out stand against the word of God in that church. Or I don't even want to call it a church. I just call it, you know, people getting together. But anyway, uh, a meeting place. But anyway, so with that said, I I know there's been a long podcast. And I know I've done pretty much most of this podcast talking, and I guess that's what podcasts do. I guess people sit and talk. Uh, but I spend most of my time, as you well know, if you've listened to this podcast at all for any length of time, that it's mainly, you know, we get into the Word of God and we talk about the Word of God. So I didn't want to end this podcast with me just running my mouth and not getting into the Word. So that I certainly wanted to make sure we got into the Word for a bit. But any in any event, I hope that, you know, that maybe some of my words have hit to encourage somebody. Maybe maybe you're a backslider. Maybe you backslid in the same way. You know, you struggled and you, maybe you struggle with um, different things. You know, maybe you struggle being same-sex attractive, maybe something else. Uh, when we talk about transgenderism, I do believe that that is something that is, uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a subject that a lot of people are uncomfortable talking about. I'm not uncomfortable talking about it, but I have not talked a lot about it with the Unique Preacher Ministries or with the podcast, but I've... I've been making my way uh, to talk more about those things. And so if you listen, uh, you'll find that I'm what I'm going to say is we've got to be compassionate. Now, I'm not going to agree with people saying that God created you um, in a wrong body. I'm not going to agree with that because that stands against the Word of God. But what I will say is that uh, we've got to be compassionate, we've got to be loving, and we've got to be able to share the Word of God, but we've got to share the Word of God and the Word of Truth with love and compassion uh, for folks uh, and all of that. Um, but and, and I certainly don't want anybody that may be a part of that um, group, the transgender group, that you think that um, we don't love you or that we don't care about you or that we're not trying to help uh, you in any way that we can to become what the Lord wants you to be. But we certainly got to look at the Word of God and what does God's Word say? And so we've got to reach and love and, and do those things, and we certainly are uh, about our Father's business in doing that here. Um, you will never hear this ministry, not on the unit preacher, not on the podcast. You will never. Y'all hear me? You will never, 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 ever hear us using what's uh, the Metropolitan, Metropolitan Community Church and some other churches. They call it inclusive language. We ain't doing that here. You understand what I'm saying? I know who my God is. Jesus Christ is my Lord, my Savior, my God. Just like Thomas said whenever he saw the Lord, he said, my Lord and my God, I know who I serve. 
And so you ain't going to hear me using no inclusive language. Uh, but that's a whole other subject. So with all that said, I just want to tell everybody I love you. I'm praying for y'all. And I hope that we can help somebody somewhere along the way and we can meet in heaven one day, uh, meeting Jesus. And, you know, listen, when we pass on, you know, our spirit leaves our body. The Bible tells us to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So wherever the Lord is, that's where I want to be. I want to be serving him. And I pray that wherever the Lord is, that if you are serving him, that wherever he is, that we will one day meet and uh, see uh, and worship the Lord, see the Lord and worship the Lord and praise Him together uh, throughout eternity. I know the Lord has some wonderful plans and uh, that we do see in the Scripture and then other plans that He has that He hasn't revealed to us. And so I'm excited to see all the surprises that the Lord has for us as well. But you know, you're not going to see those things if you don't get right with God. You're going to be in hell. And so this is another reason why this ministry exists because I'm you know, I'm wanting to help people to repent or to realize their need to repent. I mean, I can't help you repent. you got to do that on your own. But what I mean is to help you see the need to repent. Because you really, all of us, we've all got to repent. And then we've got to walk in a, a manner of repentance each and every day of our life. But um, I just want to be here to encourage people and, and uh, certainly know that we take a lot of time studying the Word of God, a lot of time in prayer because you can't do it any other way. If you try, you you just might as well go do something else. Because if you're not going to live for God with all your heart, why bother? Why, why give Him a half heart? Because all that's going to do is give you uh, nothing but um, spiritual struggles. Because that means your foot's somewhere else. If you got your foot halfway serving God, where's your other foot? Now, you know what I'm saying is the truth. You cannot have one foot serving the Lord and one foot in the devil's camp because there's only two places. You're either going to be in God's camp or you're going to be in the devil's camp. There's no middle ground, nowhere. And so we want to encourage people to get their mind made up to serve the Lord. So with that said, I just pray that God will bless you and keep you throughout this week until we meet again. And I want to encourage you all. As I said, we have the eunuch preacher. Um, you can uh, find that on YouTube. Uh, the words are separated, the eunuch preacher. Uh, the first letters are all in caps, and then eunuch is spelled E-U-N-U-C-H. And some people say, why do you do that? I do that because some people don't. They just don't know. Uh, and I don't say that in a slamming manner. I'm, because some people, they want to know. And then if you don't tell them right away and they don't go to look it up right away, sometimes they get sidetracked and then they don't go and you know, do what they had planned on doing. Oh, I'll do it later, they'll say. And so I try to make it easy so you know how to spell it so you can look it up because maybe when you get done listening to this, you can just go right over there and listen. Uh, we've got some of our uh, Wednesday night Bible studies loaded up and, of course, the um, Sabbath services on Saturdays. But like I said, I'm going to be eliminating some of those. I'm going to be taking some of those off and then we'll be loading up some new ones so that you all don't have to hear the atrocious singing. <laughs> Because <laughs> it just, uh, it sounds terrible. But anyway, hopefully we'll get better sound later on and all that. Anyway, God bless you. I'm so grateful to have had this time with y'all. And I, I'm, you know, I don't want to, I really don't want to apologize for being on here for over two hours. But I, I just hope that we at least can say something to help somebody. And so with that said, may the Lord keep you and bless you until we meet again. Amen. <laughs>